You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Coming up next, a very special interview with none other than Tampa Bay Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen, who was gracious enough to give us a few minutes of his time. And it, it really is. It's some great stuff. Very excited for all of you to hear this. So without further ado, here's Ryan Jensen. Joining us now is a man who was born just a mere two weeks before Michael Jordan won his first NBA championship in the great state of Colorado. He went to Fort Morgan High School. He went to Colorado State University, Pueblo. He was drafted 203rd overall by the Baltimore Ravens, and on March 19th, 2018, he signed a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's the kind of guy that you would love to have a beer with, but God have mercy on your soul if you touch his quarterback after the whistle blows. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Jensen. Ryan, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Just getting in the, the swing of things in the offseason. I appreciate you guys having me. Oh, we we certainly appreciate some of your time. And, and we're going to start with you the same way we started with your teammate, Chris Godwin, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. And we're just going to rip the Band-Aid right off. Where were you and how did you find out that Dirk Cutter had been relieved of his duties of being the head coach of the Buccaneers? Yeah, I think uh, with, with a lot of us, uh, we were all at, um, all at the facility pretty much. Uh, I know he, he, got, uh, he got released um, after the last game that, that, later that afternoon. And, you know, you see all the stuff on, on Twitter and, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was, I was at home when I first saw it, but, uh, you know, once we all got back to the facility for uh, exit meetings and stuff like that, being able to talk to everybody and, um, you know, kind of get, get all the feelings on it. It was, a, uh, you know, it, it sucked. I, I really enjoyed Dirk. Um, I think he's a great coach. Uh, he's a great man. He's, he's a great, uh, you know, husband and father. And, uh, you know, that's just part of the business sometimes is, uh, it's a, it's a winning business. And if you're not winning, um, you know, that that's what's going to happen. It starts from the top. Yeah. And, and kind of, on on the opposite side of the spectrum from that, what was your initial reaction when you heard that your new head coach was going to be none other than Bruce Arians? Yeah, no, I, I know there's a lot of excitement um, around BA, and uh, I've I've known a couple guys who who played for him that absolutely love him, and uh, you know, say he's he's a you know a great competitor and and a great coach, and um, everywhere he's been, he's he's had guys that. Uh, have played great and, and he's done great things for uh, several different teams throughout the league. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get back to work here in uh, early April and, uh, you know, get this, get this next season rolling, get this last one uh, behind us. In, in your four year NFL career prior to, uh, to joining the Buccaneers with the Ravens, you totaled nine penalties throughout your entire career in 2018, you had 11. Um, I don't think you just became, uh, you know, uh, an offender, you know, overnight, um, what was the, what was the difference in the season that you felt kind of led to, to, uh, an uptick in those penalties? Yeah. You know, that, that's a hard question to, to ask because, um, as we saw in the, uh, divisional round, 
there's there's things that are that are missed rather the the uh, NFC Championship game. There's there's obvious things that are missed, and uh, you know there's you know if they're missing stuff like that, you know that kind of that's the human nature of the game. There's going to be some some different things, and I feel probably about you know close to half my penalties that I that I received, other than the personal foul. Well, one of the personal fouls I, I thought was kind of ludicrous, but um, besides that, I feel like you know three or four of those holding calls that I got, uh, you know, seeing them on tape and seeing what I, I don't see it. And, uh, I know, uh, uh, hop when we'd go into film, he, he'd even put that in. No, you like, I don't, I don't really see it there. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. I had a couple that were, you know, obvious or, or whatnot. And, you know, some of the personal fouls are stupid. Um, but that, that's, that's who I am. You know, I'm a, I'm an aggressive, uh, attacking type of guy. And, and yeah, I gotta, I gotta cut those, those penalties down. And, uh, I think I have that reputation now. So a lot of, you know, referees watch film, they, you know, they listen to what's going on around the league. And I think that's part of it. Uh, they might've been watching for it more with me. I mean, I think you, uh, you kind of have that, that fighter's mentality, right. To, to play in the trenches there and be successful. Uh, so I think kind of comes with the territory, um, as, as a player individually, um, obviously like you, like you mentioned, the team's kind of looking to move on, but where do you think you, you really did, uh, your best or where do you feel like you improved even in 2018 and what are your goals as far as improving your game for 2019? Yeah, definitely. Uh, some things looking back on the 2018 season, uh, for me is I came into the season, I think too heavy. Um, uh, I was, I was about two thirty when I report or three thirty. uh, sorry, when I reported to camp and that was kind of the heaviest I've been. Um, last year I played at about 320 and, uh, that's, that's something looking back on, uh, this year, I'm actually looking to come in, uh, to camp a little bit, a little bit lighter and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So that's definitely something, uh, going into the 19 season. I want to, I want, I want to change in my game is, you know, maybe just lighten up just a little bit and see if that, that helps in, uh, you know, pass game, run game, you know, out in the open field for me. So that's, that's something I, I'm looking at doing right now and actually have dropped some weight. Um, but yeah, going into 19 season, I, you know, obviously want to lower the penalties and, and stuff like that. And, uh, there's, there's, there's always little minute things in, in your game. Um, if you're a professional, you, you look at every aspect of your game and, uh, even if you think you did something great on one play, you go back and go, okay, I could have done this different. You know, it's just the minor details uh, of winning and losing. Uh, I think that's something coming from the 18 season where we were scoring a ton of points, but we were still losing games because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't score in the red zone. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. And that all comes down to minor details. So I think uh, taking, you know, my game more into the, the minor, you know, small uh, details is something I want to uh, focus on. Uh, going into the 19 season. Ryan, coming from Baltimore in 2017 to Tampa to 2018, what were some of the biggest differences that you noticed between Joe Flacco and Jameis Winston, or even Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was having to fill in at the starting uh, quarterback position? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Obviously, three different personalities, um, you know, with Jameis, Ryan, and and Joe. Um, You know, it was Joe's a great leader. Um, he doesn't get that credit in the media as much as I think he should. Uh, you know, he's not the, the rah-rah guy. That's not who he is. Uh, that's kind of, I kind of, in that way too, I'm not the rah-rah guy. I kind of just go out and take care of business and, and do my thing. And, uh, you know, Joe gets a lot of flack for, you know, not being, 
that that guy. But you know, Jameis uh, coming in, in, you know, just spending time with Jameis, and he is kind of that the uh, hey, let's go get him, guys. And he, you know, he gives the the motivational speeches and stuff like that, which I appreciate. Um, you know, and he cares about the game a lot. And you know, Fitzy's the same way. Uh, obviously, Fitzy. Uh, Fitzy is hilarious uh just the the way he uh you know conducts himself when you know things are going well and, and uh a lot of guys love that about him so you you know you get three different guys and, and three different personalities it's it's kind of hard to uh compare because each of each one of those three guys has uh you know something that that's uh, there to be desired now depending on who you talk to about the offensive line some people will tell you that the left tackle is the most important position uh, on the front line but some people would say it's the center uh, especially due to the relationship between the center and the quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts on the value of each individual position or just yours uh, in general as, as far as ranking what's most important? I mean, for me, most important is, you know, all five uh, positions are, are, you know, we have to work in unison. We're the only position on in, in football across the board that has to be on the same page, you know, have to have five guys on the exact same page and, you know, making sure we're doing the right things, right calls and, and stuff like that. And yeah, that comes from, you know, me playing center and, and getting everybody on the same page. But really, you know, if you can't have four out of five guys doing the right thing and expect to have a bunch of success. So for me, it's really, it, I can't say, you know, let the left tackle is the most important position in, in football. Is it the, you know, quote unquote, sexiest position on the line? Definitely. Because, you know, yeah, I'm the, I'm the left tackle. They get paid the most for a reason because they're protecting the um, quarterback's blind side and stuff like that. But in the same in the same aspect, if if all five guys aren't on the same page, it doesn't matter if you have you know a, a Hall of Fame left tackle if you know two of the you know two of the five guys aren't on the same page or 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 whatnot. So you know success on the offensive line is definitely all five guys you know working together and being on the same page. So to say that, you know one position is more important than the other, I I I have to disagree with that. Going back to the the relationship between a center and a quarterback, um, you know how important is it for you know, especially for for someone like you who came into Tampa as a free agent, you now have to develop like this new rapport with with a quarterback. And and in your case, last season, I mean, with the quarterback carousel that that you guys experienced, you kind of had to build a, build a rapport with two different quarterbacks. How important is that in order for the team to succeed? You know, it, it's huge because uh, it's something we, we always talk about before every game when we, you know, before we go out on the field as, a, you know, uh, centers and quarterbacks, we, we always talk about it. It starts with us and, um, you know, we have to be on the same page. Uh, you know, we, we always say, you know, the team's going to go where we take it as, as a center and, and, and a quarterback because obviously uh, to have a successful team, you have to have, you know, a successful quarterback. Um, you can only ride, you know, other positions for so long when, you know, but when the game's on the line, you know, the quarterback is, you know, he's the guy everybody's got his eyes on. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's definitely important. You have to have, you know, you guys have to be thinking exactly alike at, at all times, especially in pass protection and stuff like that, where, you know, if I'm, you know, if, you know, if I'm thinking one thing and, and James is thinking another thing and then, you know, the communication gets muddled on the line, you know, that just slows things down. And then all of a sudden we're rushed and everybody's not on the same page. So, you know, that rapport together is, is something that has to be, has to be there or there isn't going to be much success. 
Yeah. So, so talking about getting on the same page, uh, Eric Wood, uh, you know, former NFL center, wrote a column for the Athletic uh, a couple months ago, and re- he kind of recounted some of the things that he and Ryan Fitzpatrick did when they were both in Buffalo together. Uh, one of the things was they met every Saturday morning and would go over third down situations and calls uh, to kind of see if they were on the same page and if they weren't, how to get on the same wavelength. Uh, were you and Jameis able to establish any similar type practices, or is there anything you're looking to to establish with him moving into the new season? Uh, since Bruce yeah, Arians we, has obviously put all his chips behind Jameis, yeah, definitely. We uh, we did that a lot last year. We on Thursdays we would have uh, what we call player meetings, and we'd be all together watching film. And uh, Wednesday and Thursdays, we before meetings would start, uh, we'd have the whole offense line and quarterbacks would be in the same room. We'd go over blitz tapes and kind of get um, you know the the game plan for that week on how I see this, how Jameis would see it. You know, and we would we'd base it on around that stuff, and uh, that's definitely something that is very important uh, is to be able to watch film with with you know me and me and Jameis or me and Fitz or you know whoever's playing quarterback, uh, knowing you know exactly what I'm thinking, knowing exactly what he's thinking um, when it comes to those kind of things. So that's that's something we did last year, and I'm sure uh, th- uh, this coming year we'll we'll do a lot of too. Ryan, I'm I'm sure you've heard or, or seen a lot of the the criticism or or how a lot of these Buccaneers fans are down about the offensive line, you know, as a whole from last season. Do you feel like some of the criticism has been warranted, or do you feel like that there's things that the the casual or even the diehard fans don't really see or understand about you know how the game works? And and some of this criticism and some of this blame that the offensive line is is getting from the fan perspective, isn't you know isn't exactly true or or it, it it's undeserved uh, to put the blame on you guys. You know, it, it, as an offensive lineman, you get kind of I don't want to say you get used to it, but when when things go downhill on offense and things aren't happening, a lot of time offensive line is is the scapegoat, quote unquote. Um, but you know, there's there's things you look at overall stats and I, I said this at the end of the uh, end of the year after the last game when to a reporter, I can't remember who it was, but you go, you know, what about the stats, this and that? And, you know, I always say stats are for losers and, and I, I kind of feel that way, but you know, you look at what we did on offense and we were a top five offense, you know, besides in the, in the running game. And that's, that's one thing I think uh, we as an offensive line have to get better at you. You can't be a one-sided offense, and so you have to be able to have a running attack. And uh, you know that starts with the guys up front. And and you know, like I was saying earlier about the small details. That's the run game is is you know everybody thinks I'll just run left, run left, or run right, this and that. You know, there's a lot of minor details that have to be taken into account. And uh, you know, that's offensive line, running back, quarterback, receivers. You know, getting on the right guys and. I think, you know, there's, there are some things that, you know, we did wrong and, and we had, uh, missed assignments and, and mental errors and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and, you know, for that most part, whenever guys got asked about that, uh, during the season, they all, you know, they took, they were accountable for it. And, um, I think that's what you want from, uh, you know, any athlete, especially off the line is accountability. And, uh, I think, yeah, there's, there's obviously things we need to work on and we need to get tuned up and, and stuff like that. But in the end, we were, you know, we were a top five offense and you can't, you can't do that. You can't have a top five passing attack without having, you know, guys in front of, in front of the quarterback who are, who are blocking their ass off. 
Yeah, I definitely think that's uh, that's a very valid point, Ryan. Um, one of your one of your teammates who's been kind of the one of the specific recipients of of a lot of that criticism, of course, is is Caleb Beninock, who was in his his first year as a starting right guard uh, in the NFL last year. And you've played uh, obviously next to Allie, uh there in Tampa, and you, and next to guys like Marshall Yonda in Baltimore. So you know what good guard play looks like and feels like. What are your thoughts on Caleb as far as his outlook for 2019, his potential as an NFL uh, guard? Yeah, I tell you what, playing offensive line in the NFL is, is not an easy easy thing to do. And uh, Caleb, he's he's still really young. I think he's only I think he's still only 23 going into his fourth year. I think he'll be 24. And uh, you know, there's a lot of development that goes on that, you know, from, you know, 21 to 25, uh, physically and stuff like that. Caleb has all the, the talent and, and everything, uh, you know, to be a, a top guard and, and stuff like that. And kind of going back to what we, we said before, you know, there's a lot of things that happened this year that people don't understand, um, you know, because they're not in, in the room with us on, on certain things. And, um, you know, Caleb got blamed for a lot of those things from, you know, the, the recliner, uh, quarterbacks and, and stuff like that. But no, I think, I think Caleb has everything he needs, uh, physically. He's, he's blessed with size and athleticism and, and great arm, arm length and stuff like that. Um, towards the end of the year, I felt like he started really getting better and putting things together. And, you know, I think he's going to be, a, a a really good guard, uh, you know, coming up as he develops and, and gets more mature, uh, age wise, you know, getting older, um, physically. So I think, no, I think Caleb, uh, he has a ton of talent and he's starting, I think he's starting to finally figure it out. Another one of your, your teammates, uh, along that offensive line. Yeah. His future is a little bit in question right now. Donovan Smith is, is a pending free agent. Uh, you know, he, he had the four year deal, uh, you know, his rookie deal that he's coming off of. What do you see in, in Donovan Smith? Cause he's been another guy that a lot of Buccaneers fans have, have targeted with their, um, you know, their anger and their, their vitriol. So when you, when you look at Donovan Smith, who seems to have these brilliant flashes and then these kind of these shake your head moments, yeah. How do you how do you see him as a left tackle, you know, in this league? And and are you are you hoping that he returns to the Bucks? Yeah, definitely. I would, I would love to see Donovan uh, Donovan back uh, here in, in Tampa. And uh, I think I think Donovan again. He's a, he's a very talented, uh, blessed with size and, and things like that. And obviously, there's there's things that every person has to work on. I mean, there's things I have to work on, and that's what this league is about. It's about continually getting better and and not uh plateauing out and donovan was a was a you know the same thing this last year from what i noticed you know he kind of had his his i don't you know i had my rough patches you know ali had some rough patches we all had rough patches and you know donovan towards you know the last i think nine games of the year uh really really turned it on and and in pass protection uh was was really starting to uh shine you know when when we spoke to uh to chris a couple weeks ago he was saying that he was focusing on getting his body right, getting back to work, preparing for 2019. What are what are your plans for the off season? Yeah, definitely. Uh, same 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 thing. You know, going into my seventh year, uh, at this point, it's it's all routine. I take a couple weeks off uh, after the season, and then I, I gradually, I'm like a, a 747, you know, taking off. It, it takes a little while, by but by the end of February, I'm I'm in a full full uh, workout mode, and you know, I've been working out four days a week, but you know, once 
once you start getting, uh, you know, your body back, uh, that's when I really start to start to hit the weights even harder and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the, these next two months are, are really, uh, uh, that, you know, get, get strong, get all your strength back, all your, you know, your body feeling good and, uh, get it ready for another, uh, nine, 10 months of, uh, uh, getting beat down. Do you have any kind of personal ventures or, or projects that you're going to be working on, or is it you know just kind of resting a little bit and then right back to the grind? Yeah, definitely for me, it's uh, it's more just you know football. I have my couple little things that uh, I do. I'm, I'm involved in a uh, uh, a nonprofit that's it's called Show Your Soft Side, and it has to do with uh, uh, rescue animals and, and dogs and cats. and And what it is is uh, the like the mission is to show these big burly scary looking dudes and 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 put them with these little puppies and show you know it, 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 it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a what it's trying to uh portray is that you know even these big tough guys have you know a soft side and you know they care for these animals and it's uh it's a venture to end animal abuse and uh i'm i'm a big part of that and i know i was just talking with the head of show your soft side um we're doing a, uh, we're hosting, you know, I'll, I'll be the name host, uh, of this dinner, uh, before, uh, they call it project runway. And it's a, a event it's in Baltimore every year where we, uh, take these puppies and cats and, and dogs who need homes. And we, we literally walk down a runway with them, uh, <laughs> at a, at a, an event center and have a bunch of people. And every year uh, that I've been involved, this will be my fourth year now uh every dog and cat that we uh have at the show gets adopted out and it's it's awesome and uh that's that's something i always look forward to every year that's, oh, that's fantastic yeah that's really cool so ryan talking about 2019 I mean, we've already hit on kind of the, the areas you're you're looking to improve uh before the season comes around but what are your what are your goals as a specific player and then where do you think your goals are as a team uh for the buccaneers this year i mean uh for me definitely you know I, there's a little things that i need to improve on uh uh, you know, posture wise, you know, stuff like that. Uh, just the, the minute details that a lot of people don't understand. But for me, you know, my goal this year, um, is get, to get back in, into that pro bowl, uh, all pro conversation. I know in 2017, I was an alternate for the pro bowl and, um, getting that, getting that honor, you know, when I was in Baltimore, like that, that fueled me. And, uh, and then going into 2018, I, you know, I had a, a down year or, or whatever you want to call it. And, so definitely me is I, I want to get back to that, uh, you know, that status where, you know, I'm in a conversation for pro bowls and, and, and things like that. So that's definitely a, a goal of mine. Um, but definitely as, as a team, uh, you know, right now, all we have, the only direction we can go is up, you know, uh, after a year like we had this past year, um, you know, obviously the way I always, I always take every game one, one game at a time. And, uh, for me, I always, I always think about just going one and zero for the week. Just keep going one and zero, and and uh, you know when the when the dust settles, if you go one and zero enough, you know you're in the show. And if you're, you know, you're in the playoffs, and you know the season starts all over again, you just you got to keep going one and zero. And I think that's definitely a, a something as a as a team. If we can stay focused on you know the the important things, you know, week in and week out, that's that's going to be detrimental in our success for, uh, you know, the future is we got to, we got to stay focused and we can't get ahead of ourselves. Um, and I, I feel like that kind of happened with us a little bit, uh, uh, last year's, you know, we had some success early 
kind of had a rough patch, you know, and then it was kind of up and down the rest of the year. I think if we would stay, we need as a team got to stay focused and, and worry about uh, what we can control now. And, uh, and that's, that's going one and oh, uh, weekend and week out. All right, Ryan, we, we like to do this with all of our first time guests. It's a, it's a fun little rapid fire to get away from football, to get away from, from sports, uh, and just to kind of get to know the person. So we have a, a list of some goofy questions slightly inspired by, uh, Katie Nolan back when she did the garbage time uh, podcast. Um, so we're going to, we're going to hit you with a few rapid fires. Sound good. Perfect. All right. Would you rather spend a day hunting or fishing? Hunting. Hunting. What, what do you hunt? Uh, a little bit of everything. I, I love hunting big game, uh, elk, deer. Obviously, with football season, that's when all the big game season is. So it's, uh, haven't been, haven't been in, in quite a long time. Uh, but also, I love duck hunting and uh, uh, goose hunting. Okay. What was the last movie you saw in the theater? Ooh, last movie I saw in the theater. Um, I went with Cole Boozer. What did we see? Uh, I can't even remember what we saw. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that good. It obviously wasn't that good, so it didn't, it didn't uh, impact me all that all that much. I think it was one of the Avenger movies. I think. Okay, so maybe Infinity War. Yeah, it might. It might have been that. All right. Uh, which city has better seafood, Baltimore or Tampa? Oh, that's that's tough because it's it's different styles of uh, cooking. Um, I, I would have to say Baltimore for me. I, I don't know. I like the, the style up there a little bit, the, you know, the creamier, uh, type of, uh, uh, seafood. So Baltimore, I think has, has my uh, winning vote on that one. Okay. This was a question that was asked to both David and myself by one of our very dedicated listeners, Matt <laughs> in Morvin, Georgia, um, Adam Sandler or Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that, is that even a question? Adam Sandler. Oh, wow. He's going to give us a lot of grief because we both took Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's bad. That's, that's too bad, guys. Oh, but Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. <laughs> true, but Adam Sandler is Adam Sandler. Oh, that's true. All right. Fair enough. What was your favorite cartoon to watch as a kid? I, I was a big SpongeBob guy. I loved watching nice. SpongeBob. Okay. And and the the old school uh, Looney Tunes. Yes. All right. And the final question. Unfortunately, you're about to be put to death, but you're being given one final meal and you can have anything that you want. What do you choose? I need an entree, a dessert, and a beverage. I'm having a, a nice a nice uh high-end glass of uh bourbon. I'm having um, a nice ribeye steak that I got to cook myself. And for dessert, I would have to say I'll, I would have to have a uh, piece of tiramisu from Sopano's. It's an Italian restaurant in uh, Baltimore. That was my favorite spot to spot to eat, and that, the tiramisu there is just phenomenal. So that'd be uh, I think that'd be my meal right there. That sounds delicious. All right. Well, Ryan, again, thank you so much for some of your time. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we can get you on again soon, but if we don't talk to you beforehand, best of luck in in Tampa. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. A big thank you once again to Ryan Jensen of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for joining us. Really appreciate some of his time. 
make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. <laughs>